Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 133. Today's show is brought to you by Candace Hunter. Candace Hunter Creations. Candace connects students with plants to create wellness. Learn more at CandaceHunter.com. Occupy Medical. Occupy Medical is a free street reach integrated health clinic in Eugene, Oregon. And we are a 501c3. And we are also available for information because we do have a blog there at www.occupy-medical.org. And the Journal of Functional Herbalism. The Journal of Functional Herbalism is brought to us by, or brought to you by, the Eclectic School of Herbal Medicine with Thomas Easley. You can find the Journal of Functional Herbalism at functionalherbalism.com. And the Herbal Nerd Society. The Herbal Nerd Society is a collection of amazing, super nerdy, but cool folks who love plants. Exclusive. They're it's, exclusive. It's very exclusive. It's an to, exclusive club. To the practical herbalist. You yes. Can, you can... Come over and sign up at thepracticalherbalist.com. You'll get special articles written specifically every week. Every week. Mm-hmm. Um, most, a lot of ones on specific herbs. So it helps you learn your herbs month by month. Mm-hmm. There is the Let's Talk series, which is a series of short talks from a variety of experts on a variety of topics. And we've got a new series we're launching called Meet the Herbalist. So you can check out the first one um, in March was Maria Noel Groves, and you'll have to sign up to see who it will be for April. Yeah, it's going to be a special surprise. Also, all of those old podcasts that regular listeners, it's you know, keep in mind, folks, is only four ninety nine a month. So it's a really, really inexpensive class that we are giving to people with this weekly check out the herb month by month policy, which we both Candice and I really abide by. Is getting to know the plants like you get to know your friends. And Hunter Creation, graphic designers, website designers, taking your marketing ideas to fruition. Find them at huntercreation.com. Ace High Heat Graphics, if you need a uh, sweatshirt or a hoodie or a t-shirt for your herbal event or even your sports team, you can call them and they can help you out. AceHighHeatGraphics.com. And finally, Candice, we have a new thing. We have a really exciting thing to share with you this week. Today, even Herb Fairies is open. So Herb Fairies is a really cool series of books designed for helping kids and the young at heart learn more about herbs through Mm -hmm. story. And it's written by Kimberly Gallagher, who's uh, over there with the John and Rosalie at Learning Herbs. Mm -hmm. And today you can go over and sign up to get a free download of the first book so you can check it out. They are really, I mean, they're just they're adorable. Cute. And they have a little cute little illustrations and each yes. each herb has its has its own little fairy with a little personality. And Yes, it's yeah. utterly adorable. Much better than the Disney princesses. Yes. Excellent if you are <laughs> thinking seriously about having fun with your kids or grandkids this summer. Yes. So now is perfect timing. You can get to it. If you, we are affiliates for Learning Herbs. I'm going to admit that, put that out there. So Mm -hmm. if you use one of the links from our site, from our banner ads, or from the show notes today, or from our Facebook or Instagram ads that are, you know, things that we put out, if you use one of those links, that'll take you over there. You could do it and we get a teeny bit of credit for it. That's right, which is really nice. It's a nice way to not only have some fun with your kids, but also show some support to the Practical Herbalist and Real Herbalism Radio. And we surely do appreciate it. And we have some springtime events. First event up is May 5th, Herb Day. And that's an event that we are actually sponsoring. The Practical Herbalist is a 
I think cilantro level sponsor. Cilantro. I yes. love cilantro. So do I. Their, their herb of the year is hops. So they have a beer garden this year, but they also have a fun filled activities for kids. Uh, they have herbal vendors. They have uh, free herbal tea, if you like. Uh, Candace will be speaking on poultry and herbs. In other words, how to use some good herbs for your chickens and ducks. Great. Mm-hmm. And then and Sue. geese. And geese, yes. And yes, Sue. Yes. And Sue will be talking about lemon balm. Yeah. So you can meet both Candace and I there at at the Herb Day celebration in Benita at the Applegate Regional Theater. May 5th from 10 to 6. Thank you, Nicole Nelson, for sponsoring this and putting it together. If you uh, want more information, go to our website. Top of the page is a, is a banner ad. Click on that link. It'll take you to their events page. Uh, the next big event is the next day even. So yes, you it could, is. You could come to the Eugene Springfield area uh, in Oregon for a whole herbal weekend. The next day is the Free Herbalism Project, May 6th. And that's done by Mount Rose Herbs, right? Yeah, they sponsor that. So that's at Mount Pisgah Arboretum, which is right on the edge of Eugene. And it's a beautiful area, 209 acres, seven miles of trails. And both Tonips Easley and Missy Rose will be speaking there. It's not to be missed. And free, free, free. It's going to be fun. It's going to be really, really fun. Yep, right here in Eugene, Oregon. Then you get a little herbal break, if you will, for the next weekend so you can get your gardens ready. And the following weekend, on the 18th through the 20th, is the Traditional Roots Herbal Conference in Portland, Oregon. And our very esteemed speaker, Sue, will be there. Yes, I will be there. So that's May 18th through the 20th, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And that's at NUNM on Porter Street in downtown Portland. So you can check me there. I'll be teaching two classes, and I have a, a lot of other people that are teaching the, the whole time. You'll be just swimming with naturopathic physicians because that's the college that's there, but it's open to the public, and they have many different levels of classes, and it states right on there you know, that she, uh, Orna, she puts it together. Thank you, Orna. And she's got beginning, um, medium level, and then advanced. So. And to round out the end of May is the Wildflower Fest. A free wildflower festival, again, at Mount Pisgah's Arboretum, where they have hundreds and hundreds of plants that you can go see, take a look at, plant experts, food, food carts, trails, the whole thing. Yep. And it isn't free, but it is a nominal amount. It's free for members. Oh. Yes. See, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, Okay, so box. Suggested donation. Just tell me it's a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is that if you become a member, which I am, you also get a parking pass to Lane County Parks. So you go to the beach and places where you normally have to pay for parking mm-hmm. and you have that thing in your car. So, it, you know, it covers it. Yeah. So, you know, you might as well support the Arboretum and get the parking pass and go to uh, – there's a lot of walks and workshops at Mount Pisgah, which is also covering it. It's a real good deal. No, it is. Yeah, and I mean, even – yeah, I, I, you're right. I, I didn't realize. I always forget that they have their their ticket booth there, but I, I forgot about it. I yeah. guess it's so nominal fee. I think it's free. You know, when you walk through Patrick and you push your hand in the face of the person in the green vest, yeah, they're asking you for money. So oh. now you know. Okay. Yeah. Then. <laughs> 
It's all right. I'm always following behind him and handing the money out. That's nice. Yes. Good. No, Thank she you. always runs. She's like, you run blocker. <laughs> I do not. I gotta get me some tomato plants. <laughs> all right. So on with the show. So now your hosts, Candace Hunter and Susier Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Susier Lupe. And welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. <laughs> So, Sue, yes. what have you been up to this week? Other than the accusing Patrick of nefarious. <laughs> <laughs> Taking out the guys in the green vest while okay. Candace runs out and says, I'm so three, bad. I'm through, I'm through, I'm through. Didn't really happen. So We're joking. Bad. We're joking, folks. So bad. So bad. <laughs> We're not joking. We had a delightful discussion last week with Dr. Ralston. Yeah. Yeah. He is. He's so sweet natured and so knowledgeable. Oh, yes. And I really liked his book, Unlocking Lime. Yes. His book, like like him is very approachable oh yes and so i mean he's spot on mm-hmm. you know guy yeah. knows what he's doing and the, he's got one of those minds that has a diverse variety of topics but very focused which yes. sounds like a contradiction in terms like he just he's one of those people that i think just from my conversations with him and you probably picked this up too or gets on an idea and he's like what what kind what are the options here for solving this problem yeah. Just picks like a whole bunch of them for figuring out how to solve the problem because he knows that patients are diverse. So having yes. a diverse amount of things to offer people, that's how you heal people. Yes, and exactly. It yeah. comes out in his book and it come, came out in the interview and you know, I really, really enjoyed just that gentle, oh, trusting behavior that he had. Yeah. So yeah, he'd, so. He'd be a great doctor. I'm glad he's a good doctor. He is. I love his ma- maverick nature. Yeah, yeah that's yes. really that's that's a I love Most that. Definitely. You're not going to tell me he's all mavericky, are you? <sighs> mavericky is that a word now? Is that a word? Well, no. Okay. Obviously, I'm the only one that still remembers mavericky. I remember Maverick, no. the TV show. No, maverick no. was his name. I, I thought Maverick was like a guy on some kind of like jet pilot show movie okay oh see. it's supposed to be like a rascal he go, goes his own way okay this is a total rabbit hole i'm sorry I you guys would totally remember share that. with the rest of the class patrick <laughs> no it was a word to describe uh senator mccain for his presidential run he was very mavericky oh by oh. sarah palin he was, oh he's also mavericky so <laughs> okay. So none of you guys remember that. So. No, forced it out of my memory. Thanks for reminding me. That's yep. great. Well, Sorry, no, I, yep, well, still see, I forgot about Top Gun, and I totally yeah. Top Gun. Yes, that's see, what it's called. Yeah, and, and I know what you're talking about. Um, uh-huh. but, the black and white show. But yep. I think that's really aging yourself. I wouldn't. You know, my like life that. is aging me. But that's okay. I, I can I can see I can see your reference from my front porch. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There we go. You're welcome. You're so, welcome, folks. One of the things I liked about Dr. Rawls' philosophy is the idea of creating or combining herbs from different traditions in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I and that's one of the things I've been reading a lot about Chinese medicine lately because it's just that's the current topic I've been researching. Mm-hmm. And I love picking some of like some of the word the the herbs from chinese medicine like romania root is really for me that's one that's really good because i need to build some blood and you know that's what you use that for it's one of the things it's also cooling to the digestive system and the first time i realized i should use it is you know in recognizing heat signs and all of that 
but I'm not using it in a traditional Chinese formula because I don't necessarily have access to all those herbs. Mm -hmm. So I'm using it with other herbs that make sense, including things like dandelion and burdock and, you know, stuff that's vitex, that's hormonal balancing. And I love the fact that he's talking about using the multiple herbs from different traditions, putting them together in the way that makes sense Mm -hmm. for where we are right now. More like a a global approach to herbalism. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it is interesting. He's he's using that. I know some people would say, well, you should be very bioregional. But these days, the way plants are spreading left and right, th- there may be a whole bunch of herbs that are growing right in your backyard that are definitely not native to this area. Oh, exactly, like so, lemon balm and plantain. Plantain right. was not like it's not native to North America. It came with European yeah. settlers, but the people, the tribal peoples here, you know, they used it. Used it and. Although they kept recognizing that it came with the Europeans, it had a lot of really good uses and they came to really appreciate it. Yeah. So, you know. You use what you got. Yeah, Every exactly. culture does that. Well, and we were just talking about the licorice root mm-hmm. and there's the European one, the galabra. Right. The, yeah. Glyceriza galabra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Chinese one. The uralis. Your, uh Urolin, Urolins. I always Urolinsis. Get it wrong. Urolinsis. Yes, thank you. I always say it wrong. <laughs> so, but I mean, they have so many similar properties. And I think if if I we were we were we were speculating because I don't know if either of us is actually positive. I know one of those two has naturalized in this area, and I think it's the Chinese the, one. The Urolinsis. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's the Chinese one. And I, I would speculate, which could also be completely wrong, but I'm speculating that there was a strong migration from Asia to this coast. Sure. And so I'm guessing it came and got out of gardens and got yes. away from folks. Yeah. And, you know, would, should I go use the European one or, you know, I'm just going to use what's here. So mm-hmm. the Chinese one happens to be here. That's what I'm most likely to use. And if it works you know? well here and you're willing to control it, kind of like the Ella campaign or... Um, the inula, some people you refer to it as inula, but that's that's one that you let those those seed heads go, and they're going to be all over the place. So right. responsibly trimming them, you know, you can use the root for sure, but make right. sure that you're being responsible with it. So until I figure out exactly what goes on with this licorice, I really want to have one, but I'm definitely going to be super responsible with it and keep track of it because I don't right. want to, I don't want to be the source of problems. I don't want to be the right. Himalayan blackberry spreader of you know, <laughs> Eugene. No, yeah, I, I so, yeah. so what kind of can you tell me more about the Romani root? Like you were, uh, I haven't done see, one of the things I still probably should do and haven't yet done is the biochemical research on that. In mm-hmm. that I know there's research out there. Mm-hmm. I know it's been researched. I don't personally have any knowledge of what the studies are or what the chemistry has found. Right. I can tell you that for traditional use, one of the things Romania root is used for is a condition called building blood in in Chinese medicine. What's that mean? So like an example of a time when your blood is deficient would be um, a woman who's just finished a period. It may have been a profuse amount of bleeding or perhaps she's given birth. So she's Mm -hmm. on the anemic side. She'll often have like pale lips Mm -hmm. and low energy. Really tired. Yeah. uh Yeah. And so Romani is one of the things that you 
can use for helping that. I think if I remember correctly, Dengui is another one. So that's the Angelica Sinensis. Oh, Angelica Angelica, uh, Sinensis. Yeah, Yeah, Sinensis. Another word I always mispronounce. So those two are used together to help with the building blood. And there's another one I should know. I can't remember what it is. (laughs) So those, you know, that's one of the um, uses of it. And then the other thing that I've, I've personally used it for is when I noticed digestive system um, stuff that's starting to show lots of heat with a deficiency of yin. So yin deficiency, what I've noticed, and I'm so not an expert in this because I'm still very much in the beginner learning for Chinese herbalist Mm -hmm. approach. What I've noticed is that there's tiredness and um, like lack of motivation Mm. And then, um, is there blood sugar problems too? Hypo functioning mm. types of functioning. So instead of hyper, yeah, okay. instead of hyper. Mm. And, um, and then the heat signs that you'll see are things like a yellow coating on the tongue mm-hmm. and possibly red along the sides. And I've noticed that it's red along the sides, at least for me. Romani is very helpful when I see the red along the sides of the tongue with the that like flare or scoop. It almost looks like teeth marks in the side of your tongue oh, like cracks or something not just cracks like like, uh, like your dense, dense. yeah dense yeah, yeah yeah it's almost like your tongue has flares oh, <laughs> on the sides. yeah so that's that's a sign that can be a sign of deficiency so for myself i've noticed that when i see that on my tongue mm-hmm. and then especially if i see a white or worse yet a yellow coating because the yellow means definite heat mm-hmm. down usually down the center for me when I see those two pieces, I know it's time to pull out the Ramania root and put some of that in a pot. Usually I use a very small amount of cinnamon and I'll include some Vitex. And then it depends on what's going on that week. I might add some Buplurum or some Dandelion to help if I know that it, there's like a lot of hormones. If I've been stressed, for right. instance, if it's sure. been a really stressful few weeks then or a, a season where I'm just – I know there's – a lot of heat and therefore a lot of hormonal imbalance happening. Your liver processes all of that. So mm-hmm. I just usually add a little bit of that in too. Is the pleurum help uh, uh, with liver stuff too? Yeah. Or? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a I lot. I rarely use that. I use that one. Um, I, I use that one like I use dandelion root, but when there's more intensity of the liver problems, especially if I'm noticing emotional component, like, quick to anger or depression or moodiness mm. with other liver signs, mm-hmm. those, those things will be, then, then I'm more likely, and it depends on the person mm-hmm. too. I mean, if it's a person who has a tendency to be sort of intense, I'll be more likely to go toward the buplerum because it's a little stronger and more intense mm-hmm. in its action. And if it's a person who has a tendency toward more gentleness or less intensity in general, then the dandelion is where I'll start. And I might go to pleurum after that, depending on if dandelion was strong enough. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Interesting. When I see people that have anemia, my, because I'm doing more urgent care stuff than yeah. the kind of things that you do, I, I'm just going right to nettle just because mm-hmm. it's so high and, and, uh, and iron yeah. and a lot of the other trace minerals. And then uh, a lot of times because we have people that come in that uh, have taken any of the opioid receptor kind of herbs, either mm-hmm. Kratom or they're on opioids themselves, right. uh, Vicodin or things like that. So they are constipated. And I'll yeah. add the 
uh, yellow duck, which yeah. helps people metabolize the yeah, iron I was say, as well. Nettle is drying, so yep. if they've got constipation, you would need something to exactly. balance that. Yeah. So yellow dock's a good one. Marshmallow would be a marshmallow really good one. The leaf. Sure. Yeah, even the oh, leaf. Oh, the leaf. Okay. The leaf is surprisingly good at emulsifying, I've found. And it's not – like the root can be pretty intense and like gloopy and gross. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, so when the, I make syrup, so, I'm using leaf, not yeah, root. Yeah, Yes, because yeah. otherwise it's like giving someone a cup of snot. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Ew. But if – Gross. You know, it's disgusting yeah, it's and they really don't gross. like it. Nobody wants Ew. to drink that. <sighs> if I'm doing if I'm doing like a formula like that using nettle for strong nutritive, uh-huh. and I, I'll, I'll often add maybe some like red clover and oats to it because they're just tonic and building, generally building. Yes, very But nutritive. then I'll use the marshmallow leaf because all of three of those are a little bit on the drying side. Mm-hmm. Nettle is pretty strongly drying, yeah. which in our region is actually really, really good yeah. because we have such a damp climate. We really do. Yeah. The only time here that you really don't want drying as much is like the August, mm-hmm. end of July maybe, but usually it takes people a few weeks for their systems to dry out. When the weather finally dries out here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's true. Uh, we had a listener that called, uh, I guess she wrote in and said, Hey, you guys talked about Nervines, but y'all didn't talk about oats. We had it on our list, but we had such a long list. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It was milky such a long oats. List. Yeah. Milky oats was definitely on there to talk about what we're, we apologize. It's not worth, not like we're saying oats doesn't work as a great Nervine, but it really does. However, it's also, we can talk about it now as one of those well, nutritive kind of things. It's one of those things that I have to admit that milky oats as a, specifically as a Nervine, you have to get the oats when they're milky. Yes, you do. And then make the tincture of them. It's not like you just dry them, right? Right, yeah. So I've never actually used milky oat tincture that's been made specifically for the nervous system. Yeah, I, so, I've, I've made yeah. it by the gallon back when I was in the herb industry. Right. You know, by yeah. the gallon, by the 55-gallon barrel. Yeah. <laughs> and it would come in and it just smelled delightful. And you'd yeah. bring it in, you'd squish it, the head of that oat, and out, out comes that latexy, yeah, the milky uh, right. variety of it. it was, oh, man, it was so beautiful. I love processing that. I've been seriously thinking about planting a little patch of them in one of my, like in my, one of my raised beds. Yeah. Just well, because where I have you space got for that it and, morning glory coming up. Yeah. And I've got now, like now is the time. So it's yes. a matter I've, I've got to get down to territorial seed and buy milky oat seeds because I don't have them. But if I, it's one of the things every spring I think, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. And mm-hmm. then next thing I know, it's June. Right. So well, I'm hoping I can get myself down there and do it. The great (laughs) thing about the oats, and I I know that we do have an article on our website about this, but they, when you put it in and you have something like morning glory, then it will wrap itself around the morning or the morning glory will wrap itself around the oats and oats, when it's ready to be harvested, is easy to pull out. And that's exact, that is a very simple way to pull out some of those uh, morning glories. Yeah. That's what I've been thinking that I would go, go to territorial, pick up like one of those big bags, like, you know, that has like a quart worth of seeds or something yeah. like that, you know, like a big bag of it. Yeah. And then broadcast it across mm-hmm. that, that, yep. that space. And then actually maybe be able to make milky oat tincture for the first time in my life. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's great stuff. For, yep. for myself, what I the way that I've used it as a Nervine really is more just nourishing. To the mm-hmm. system because I've used oat straw and I've used oat tops, but they're dried. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'll add those with other Nervine stuff like skull cap or 
maybe sedative like passion flower or valerian depending on what the need is yeah and but i've had it, yeah. i've had milky oat tea before where it is a dried version mm-hmm. and they harvested it when it was in the milky stage and then dried it and served it but it really nothing nothing it, it matches fresh yeah oats. <laughs> yeah no i i can only imagine because i've never yet worked with them yeah oh yeah it's super wonderful Just and that's one of those ones that there's probably actually like research on too right? oh yes yes quite yeah. a bit yes yeah so that's a that's a really good good one for um i think that there if people are looking into research there's a couple of different ones that like if the standard thing that I always take a look at is that NCBI, and there'll be um, a link on our website or on our show notes, sorry, uh, from the National Center for Biotechnology Information. And there's a whole lot of uh, research that you can find there. You just put in the search engine anything. You get better results if you uh, write in the botanical name. Yeah, you do get better results if you're looking specifically for studies. Yeah, yeah. and uh, one of the things to keep in mind is uh, different places will spell things slightly different. Like in England, licorice is spelled with a Q-U as opposed to a C. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yep. botanical names are spelled the same way all over the place. And one of my new places to find um, research is the Journal of Phytochemistry and Biochemistry, which is the omicsonline.org. And they specialize in open access research on in the field of addiction and therapeutic formulations, which is actually fairly tricky to find. So when yeah. I just stumbled onto that one, just, yeah. oh man, that's, that's really cool. helped a lot. There's yeah. there's quite a bit out there and for them to be kind of the clearinghouse for that, you know, yeah. it sure makes it a lot easier to deal with some oh, of yeah. the stuff that I see at a free clinic. Definitely. I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. <laughs> but if folks want to learn more about how to evaluate research, we've got a great let's talk coming up this month. Yes. So yes, we do. You know, if you're a Nerval Learn Society member, Mm-hmm. It's really cheap. Yeah, yeah. Yakov gives a little series on how to translate that stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. How to responsibly and and you know look at research and and evaluate whether or not the research you're looking at is actually helpful. Yeah, because there's a stuff. lot of there's a lot of research out there that might be helpful if you're some kind of like large pharmaceutical company. I don't know, but yeah, it's not really helpful on a practical level in terms of applying that particular plant they're talking about to actual medicine right. and use. Well, and you, you see a lot of times pe- there's something in the news and I'm not even sure how it ends up there, but someone looked at a study, clearly just they, they if they read anything more than the first couple of sentences, they m- completely misinterpreted what they were reading. They only read the abstract, if if any of it, with, and the abstract is just like the opening description of it, made all of these wild assumptions. And then all of a sudden, dandelion cures cancer. And like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, right. A, there's lots of different kinds of cancer out there. B, I know that there is research on that in Canada, but did they really publish the, the results yet? Right. Did they really? Exactly. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think talking with Dr. Rawls is, it gave me more heart because I feel like Folks like him starting to recognize and bring herbs and herbal practice into what they're doing and, you know, speak highly of herbs is going mm-hmm. to help change our research. Yes, and it definitely yeah. is. So, yeah. 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 So I, I was really glad that we could have Dr. Walls uh, or Dr. Bill. Dr. Bill. Yeah. In my <laughs> clinic, we, we talk, call our doctors by their first name. 
<laughs> so I kind of that thing. But I was really glad to have him there. And people can check out. He has a couple of different books out. And we have those links on uh, the show notes for this as well as the um, show notes for the podcast that he had before it. So please check that out and get your brain going. And the more you learn about herbs and how to uh, how to read information about herbs, the better herbalist you will be. So now we kind of have a new department for our show, but we haven't really named it well. So I think it's just notes from the field for the moment mm-hmm. or some other listener, thing. Listeners comments. Listeners yep. comment. Readers. Or, or whatever. I had an email this morning from a very happy new Herbal Nerd Society member. Yay! Says, the internet has opened the world of access of knowledge. It took me decades to acquire information on food and herbs. Fake information has been a scourge, but I have a lot of practice vetting written and digital. I like your balanced, open approach. I enjoy Candace Hunter and Susie Lupe, and I appreciate all the work, so I wanted to help pay for it. This is from Carol in Canada. Thank you so much, Carol. Canadian Carol. All right. And we have a lot of activity on our Facebook boards and walls, don't we, Sue? Oh, yes. you came across one that you thought was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We get quite a few comments on Facebook, and it's really nice to get that dialogue going. Uh, One of our listeners, Ben, had heard uh, podcast show 130, I believe it was, with Michael Tierra. Yep. I think that was. The one on Kratom. The one on Kratom. Yeah. So he sent a message saying, just listen to your podcast on Kratom. And more points were touched on, a couple of issues overlooked. If Kratom is used as reasonable dosage, all is well, but increasing it may and most likely will cause one constipation. So that's one thing you do not want. Um, That was my my comment. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Another issue is, um, and he suggests maybe we'll have a show later on this one, is combining cannabis and Kratom. And how they can coexist together. He kind of goes on to say how um, when you have the dosage off, then you you can get really nauseated. Which is funny because cr- no. cannabis is commonly used, used for, for anti-nausea. anti-nausea. But combined with kratom, not necessarily good. It's kind of delicate. That's something that I would be interested in researching. So yeah, actually, if there's it. any, if there are any of you clinical practicing herbalists out there who are using those two together in practice... Please give us a shout. Mm-hmm. We'd probably love to chat with you a bit about what you're finding. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he also says, um, and this is in response to Michael Tierra's comment about putting a teaspoon of powder, of Kratom powder in the mouth. Powder is so fine that a bit of it gets inhaled into my lungs. It makes me cough if I don't get it completely dissolved or if I don't get it completely dissolved in liquid. Um, he also goes on to say that one of the things that you can do to to swallow it a little easier is adding it to orange juice or, as Ben says, my favorite mix, soda of any kind. The carbonation mixes it better than anything that goes down easily. If it's mixed into smoothies, okay, but taking it with food will slow absorption. And slowing absorption is a good thing if you are taking it in timed intervals before the pain comes back. Oh, so yeah. for things like fibromyalgia or things like that, that would... That would make sense. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, so again, um, he talks a little bit about um, taking opiates for chronic pain and how there's that spike and then withdrawal feeling with, with opiates. And he says that 
with Kratom begins to wear off. He never feels the anxiety opiates give. Opiates also give me anxiety and depression, and Kratom does not. People suffering from muscle and fascia pain will find the best relief from red vein. Green and white vein is more stimulating, which causes more muscle tension, which equals pain. Thank you, Ben, so, for that for that very educated um, and experiential comment that, that really gives yeah. us something to... Yeah, hopefully that'll folks help folks out there who are working with or beginning to work with Kratom. Yeah. So remember, Urban Nerd Society, the Practical Herbalists, all of us, we're on social media. We have, um, what's it, the Facebook.com slash the Practical Herbalist, I think. Yes. For that, we're also on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Instagram at hashtag the Practical Herbalist. I still think we already have a company at, page. And we're at the Practical Herbalist. Yeah. Um, we saw lots of different places. And if you are there and you want to comment about something and give us some feedback or whatever, we'd be mm-hmm. happy to talk about it on the show. Yeah, and we really do read those comments. We don't always respond to every single one of them because there's a lot. There are. A lot. There's a lot, but we do read, and you'll find we'll find some duplication with comments, and sometimes those become the sources of shows. Yes, for us I do appreciate articles. that. Yeah, yeah. So just keep keep commenting, and and uh, we'll love having conversations with y'all. That's how learning happens. And you know now what time it is, guys. It's time to put, put an herb on it. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA. They're not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication, or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.